Mark, that is not true. I've interviewed not just, I've interviewed Bill Gates about this. I've discussed uh, about with him, his book. I've done several columns about the climate crisis. If you haven't heard Pivot before, then you're missing out. It's a great show. I've been a fan ever since the show started. I think it was a couple years ago. And it features Kara Swisher, intrepid tech journalist. I've been on the scene for a long time. Ran the Recode Decode conference and did the Red Chair interviews for Recode. Uh, Going back many, many years now, they had a famous interview with Steve Jobs and Bill Gates together on stage at their conference. They had uh, an interview with Mark Zuckerberg where Kara nearly made Mark cry. Um, It's just been (laughs) quite the career Kara's had, and I followed her, especially in podcasting, for many years now. So when I got the gumption up to send in a question to Pivot, I was nervous, I was excited, and then nothing happened. The question I asked was about podcast apps and a climate category and what Kara and Scott's opinion was on you know, whether categories mattered anymore for podcasts and if uh, if they thought people found shows through categories and if Apple being kind of the central arbiter of well, the keeper of the categories, basically the librarian for podcasting in general if that was a good idea or not that question didn't make it on the show and that's absolutely fine But when I asked another question a couple weeks later, I was definitely a lot shorter, a lot terser, and a lot more to the point (laughs) than in my first question, which had a bit more of the usual praise in it. So I was pretty shocked to hear that my second question had made it in to Pivot, and I found out about it a few days after the episode was released, was told about it by a friend, and then I got quite nervous about listening to it and had to uh, give it a few hours until I was ready to hear myself on Pivot. But what I'm going to do now is play that segment for you with a few narration breaks to kind of give myself a bit more context and reply to Kara and Scott's answers to my question. Enjoy! Music in this episode is Gillywash by Blue Dot Sessions. would be a really interesting acquisition for them and to put it in the game in the in that unit in that unit and we can ask you some of this all on monday okay scott let's pivot to a listener question roll tape you've got you've got i can't believe i'm gonna be a mailman you've got mail hello karen scott it's mark here an american kiwi calling from auckland new zealand I love what you both have to say about climate change i love you both acknowledge the climate crisis okay remember that i said that But I have been noticing that even though you talk about it very occasionally on the show, you don't give climate a lot of space on the show. And you definitely don't mention, of course, as much as COVID. However, and of course, right, I mean, Pivot is a tech show or a business show, but they do cover COVID a lot and talk about disruptions and how it's going to change the future of business. So you might be thinking, why would they talk about climate? But they've talked a lot, of course, about COVID and have mentioned climate, but yes, exceedingly rarely. We are starting to get reports in that the climate crisis is, of course, going to cost much more than COVID has, cause much more disruption. And your recent talking about the G7, you talked about the tax treaty, but not about the impacts of G7 countries, fossil fuel companies, putting in gas projects in the global south, hooking them into more fossil fuels. 
So I definitely didn't ask it as well as I was trying to, but I was basically trying to say, hey, you talk about issues through a business and economic lens, especially looking at the tech industry, which of course is making a lot of climate pledges. Why don't you talk about climate more as you're already setting the precedent for when you talk about COVID and the way that COVID is reshaping the economic landscape? So yeah, that's what I was basically trying to say. And yes, I did not include as much kind of praise, big fan of the show, all that stuff, which I had done in my first question. But here we are. This is what they're about to respond to. I was so nervous. I'd love to hear more. We have a lot of fans in New Zealand. Yes, I do. Because Mark, that is not true. I've interviewed not just, I've interviewed Bill Gates about this. I've discussed uh, about with his book. I've done several columns about the climate crisis and discussed it a lot about where the, we should talk more about it here though. What are the cool companies that are, are moving forward, whether it's carbon capture, whether it's all kinds of interventions, even space travel is part of that. The idea of moving ourselves off this planet because of the dangers of climate crisis. Did you catch all that? She's done interviews with people on other shows she does. And talking about the space industry is apparently uh, part of talking about the climate crisis, which is worrying that a leading show is there in the discourse, thinking that space and climate are related. Um, I've talked to food people. I've done interviews. I talk a lot about it in a more substantive way. And we should do that here, just like with gaming, I think. Scott is right. Um, this is an area that is going to be both an opportunity and a, a, a real potential for huge economic destruction, destruction over the years. Whether you're thinking about, you know, I happen to be in coastal Rhode Island and they're talking about the idea of these hurricanes coming through and devastating these areas and covering them up and the, the amount of... To situate us, I don't think the Pacific Northwest heat wave had yet occurred at the time of their recording, but definitely the California heat wave had. Um, that's just one place. And I think we, you know, Miami, whether Scott's down in Florida, it's a big issue. You know, people are going to start to think about this. This idea of getting to zero carbon emissions is critically important. And the fact that our governments keep slow rolling this is, it doesn't really matter. The earth is going to do what it wants in some level. Wait, what? Kara, that's opening the door on natural cycle arguments, and that's completely abrogating human responsibility for emissions. Like, what was that line? But I think it's really, um, I think the cost of damage of climate change is, is compared to COVID, is massive, like massive, massive, massive. And the deaths that are going to be the result of it, massive. That's huge to get that acknowledgement on a very large, popular show like Pivot. But why isn't climate more frequently discussed when that is the case. I think we're probably not going to see it as much in developed countries because they can protect themselves and we don't mind people, unfortunately, the when people die in other places that we don't pay attention to. Of course, I'm not going to argue that disasters in third world nations are frequently and sadly easily by the media ignored. But if the last few weeks have taught us anything is that these impacts are being felt in America, in New Zealand, in Australia, in the UK, across Europe, we're in no way insulated from them. And what happens when Amazon has to shut the distribution centers because it's 53 degrees Celsius outside and people can't work there? This is happening right now. The only reason it's not being talked about is because it's being actively ignored. Nobody pays attention to them. So anyway, so this I, one thing which we did talk about was Gary Gensler um, adding climate uh, report cards for companies. Um, the tech companies are leading the way with renewable. Amazon announced it's going to buy renewable energy sources, cover the company's activities. 
you know, all these, they've been doing offsets. It's just the beginning step. So Scott, what do you think? I think it's going to be an important part of corporate, corporate uh, speaking to the public, correct? And not just, you know, virtue signaling. Yeah, I mean, I always look at the lens. I'm cynical about big tech. It's much easier for someone in a digital business, a software-driven business, to be very indignant about climate change versus someone that's actually manufacturing things. It's just, it's just a totally different. I, it, look, it's great that they're taking it on. Um, something that has made me much more environmentally aware is COVID, specifically, when emissions drop by something like twenty or thirty percent in the first twelve weeks of the pandemic uh, last year. There was a noticeable change in how clear the water was, how how crisp the air was. And I thought, my God, why wouldn't we decide this is the new normal? It just, yeah. Uh, unselfishly, I wasn't even thinking about all the devastation of weather events, but just mm -hmm. selfishly going out. You, think about how housing prices, housing prices have accelerated 11% or 13% quarter on quarter. We spend millions of dollars. It is such an incredible lift for each of us and our families to get into a nice home. Housing has become so expensive if you want to own in the US. Why wouldn't we, all of us, make make a somewhat, a fraction of the financial effort and focus on making our backyard exceptional? I'm just so mm -hmm. blown away by how uh, beautiful my backyard got. And when I say my backyard, I mean the sea land and the sky. And also the reason I don't talk about it a lot is there are mm -hmm. certain categories that are so important um, that if you don't have domain expertise, and this is how I'm sort of evolving yeah. as a person, you shut the fuck up. And the reality is I don't really have a lot of domain expertise. And whenever you say anything, including anything I said here, there's a religious fervor around this topic. And people come at you. There's, it's impossible to say anything that doesn't piss people off. And especially if you don't have domain expertise here. So Okay. It was really great to have Scott reply to this. And I was really nervous about what he was going to say because I respect the guy's perspective and way of articulating things very highly. And I found it really interesting that he you know, can talk about how great it was to have reduced emissions. He could see the effects firsthand in his own life. And yet, even though he's right that talking about climate when you're not a domain expert invites a lot of commentary and criticism, I think they interpreted my question as critique and criticism. But really, I, and I wish I'd done this better in my question, but I wanted to frame it as, thank you for talking about and engaging on this topic at all. I'd really invite you to do it more. And do it from that perspective of your own lived experience, your own perspective as an individual, which, of course, you can't be wrong about. Unfortunately, the conversation really spirals from here, and it's no longer about what they can do on Pivot, which their tagline as a show is, with great power comes great scrutiny. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't seem they're going to have any type of systemic or consistent approach to talking about climate on the show. But that's just my interpretation. I hope I'm wrong. My good friend Bob Perkowitz at Echo America, um, he, he really uh, he said something... And again, I bring everything back to me. But when you talk about the power of this stuff, and I just look at it mm -hmm. through the lens of how powerful or how I've come to embrace the outdoors. When my one of my sons was struggling, he said, "All you need to do is get him uh, outside. It's one of one of the mm -hmm. most restorative things you can do." Yes. So, anyways, the bottom line is, I'm trying to be more thoughtful about this stuff because I realize not only not only how important climate change is, but just how wonderful uh, you know the outdoors is. I mean, there was the pitch to be able to talk about climate justice access to the natural world, the right of future generations to be able to enjoy natural beauty. 
this is in a week where the Gulf of Mexico is on fire because of natural gas pipelines. And there was the opportunity for Scott and Kara to talk about ensuring that access or making it more equitable. A swing and a miss. Actually, not even a swing. All right, I'm going to say it. Scott, take a swing. That's uh, a great endorsement. But anyways, I, 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 a huge topic. I don't think either of us don't feel don't feel yeah. uh, aren't supporters of it we're just are, are don't recognize the problem here it's just uh they're saying it's just hard and it totally is totally it's just it's best when you don't know so what i think it would be about. really interesting it would be kind of interesting as an exercise for you to look at where are the investment opportunities because i you know i i wrote something in a column last year and i said the world's first trillionaire speaking of trillionaires will be a climate change technologist and i made that up which massively perked my ears up i was so happy to hear kara say that i think that's absolutely true I think if we're going to save humans' ability to live on this planet and not all escape to Mars, that's going to have to be true. So why not keep up that drumbeat of saying that, yes, there needs to be massive economic and technological action in the climate space? Just keep saying it until it's true. I just made it up. I was just trying to say, like, this is an area of great economic opportunity to try to make, to figure these things out, but behind just mitigation, which is carbon capture and everything else. But where is, where is the real uh, innovation going to happen in smart manufacturing and smart, um, smart home building, smart mm -hmm. food making? There's so much, like so much shift that could, could happen here that could just like with electrical, like beyond coal, it cleaned up, you know, it's still, we still have a dirty world, but it's not as dirty as like London used to be filthy. Right. So what is the way, what is the way that we can make this an economic opportunity, which is a way to spur innovation for a lot of people. And that I'd love to like sort of start thinking about what are the cool companies that are what are what are the companies that are most interesting and what are the what are going to be the biggest companies in our world? Because this is going to whoever dominates this is going to be a very important player in the next 20 years. What an interesting topic. What an awesome area to focus on that matters that a huge audience of people who already love Karen Scott would be exposed to that would find very interesting Shout out to great publications like Climate and Capital that are already doing this work. It's yeoman's work. But why aren't people who do engage and acknowledge climate change, like Kara and Scott, why aren't they taking that on? Why should this have to be a question from a listener? Yeah, and it's one of those things, too. That it feels like the weather events or climate change-inspired catastrophes, whether it's the wildfires in California or rising sea levels, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, feels like, unfortunately, we went from, there became so many of them so fast. It's, it feels as if we hit some sort of tipping point. Yeah, that's that what I worry say. we're becoming a little bit, a little bit numb to it. But yeah. these, you know, it's something like 80% of the crazy wildfires that have ever happened in California have happened in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I respond to that really badly. What we, we haven't talked about this for the last 30 years because it didn't feel real. And now it feels too real. So we don't want to talk about it because it's scary. Man up, take a swing. You're a father. Do better. You know um, what we're going to do, Scott? Go ahead. That? Finish. We're going well, at, at PivotCon in Miami. We're going to do a section on this on the interesting on companies. Yeah, but the thing that the thing that's so disappointing again about something that's so important is how the hell did this get politicized? Republicans. Well, Teddy everything. Roosevelt, the first great environmentalist, was a Republican. Like, when did mm -hmm. we all decide? If you're on the left, you have to be, you know, like you can't. I'm not saying it's a silver bullet, but people who are well-respected in the business 
and economic realms talking about climate in a non-political way, but instead as an economic opportunity and talking about the very real realities of having to adapt to a hotter climate. Don't even talk about carbon credits. Don't talk about anything potentially polarizing. Just talk about how is an Amazon warehouse going to run at 50 degrees Celsius? There's a lot of what I would call unreasonable conversations on the left around the environment, not acknowledging that people at the end of the day, regardless of what's right or wrong, will vote for their economic interests. And unless you address economic growth and, you know, all of this in the context of climate change, you're just not going to have a productive conversation. And So to go back to the very first thing I said, I really appreciate Kara and Scott talking about climate at all, because they can talk about climate action in a way that activists can't. If you don't like the conversation, get involved and change it and speak to a different audience than who's already being spoken to. Now, this might sound crazy, but I am not asking for Scott Galloway to try to take the place of Greta Thunberg. And then on the right, they want to be science deniers. Right. It's just, well, how did we get here, folks? I mean, I, anyway, I don't I, I, I find yep. whenever I, that how the how the fuck did we politicize obesity, masking and environment, something that we kind of Everything. appear to all have a shared a vested interest in figuring out. Amen, Scott. And I really appreciate you do talk about masking and obesity as a comorbidity for COVID-19. I just hope that going forward, you're able to let yourself talk about climate as much as you do those other two topics. Everything anyway. is politicized now, but maybe it won't be in the future. Anyway, Mark, American Kiwi, we think this is important. We should, we're going to do our homework on this. Yay! And gaming. What? Okay, Scott, those are the two things. Well, so I wonder what Chuck children. Todd thinks. No, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, you and your... Uh, I'm excited <laughs> about Peacock. Peacock. I'm excited about Peacock. So doing this really helped me process what I thought about it. Uh, you know, cool to have a question answered on one of my favorite shows. Overall, one of those human experiences that hopefully everyone gets to have where you kind of interact with or, you know, it's like meeting your heroes and you realize that everyone's human. Everyone has flaws and foibles and is... Yeah, just profoundly human. Karen, Scott, thank you so much for the work that you do. You are, of course, very well remunerated, but I believe you're worth it. I love your show. I will, of course, keep listening. Although the reason I didn't hear this episode for a few days after it went out was the California heat waves had just passed. Uh, the Pacific Northwest heat waves, where I'm from in Seattle, we're on the horizon. I needed a break from the business-as-usual discussion acting like the economy was on a different planet than the planet Earth. It's surely becoming undeniable for anyone who, like Kara and Scott, acknowledges the climate crisis to think that life's just going to carry on like it's been, and we can expect the conditions and circumstances of our parents or grandparents on a climatological level. Sure, technology is improving and is exciting. What's happening in space is exciting, and there's crazy breakthroughs happening, but fundamentally we live on a much hotter, much more energetic, much more violent, much more unpredictable, and much more dangerous world in this generation than we have in any generation previously in human history. 
our kids are in for much worse, our grandkids, a world we probably can't imagine from where we stand today. To know this and be in a position to help educate and form the opinions of others, and then proceeding to largely ignore it, I find that disappointing. So I'm really grateful my question got answered. I look forward to future episodes of Pivot. I will keep listening. And we'll see if the reality of the climate crisis becomes more present in the show. It's like if the Earth had an eighth continent, and it was full of industrialized countries and people, consumers and tech companies, and we just never talked about it. That's how weird the absence of climate engagement is in the media I love. Kara and Scott know better. So now I'm looking forward to seeing if they'll do better. Thanks for listening. I've been Mark on easily the weirdest podcast episode I've ever produced. Catch you later.